Hey guys, welcome to the Yeoman Podcast. I'm your host, Sad Sage. And I'm Justin. And today we're going to get into what doll is best for you and your production. Uh, There's a lot of questions out there. Um, This is one of the most common beginner questions, actually, uh, when people start getting into making their own music. And um, we're going to talk to you today about our journeys in finding the right dolls for ourselves, our philosophies, and, you know, the specifications of some of the main dolls. There's a lot out there. We're not going to get to all of them today. But, you you know, there are some industry standard ones, and there are reasons why, um, no pun intended, uh, there are reasons why that these dolls are at the top. So um, I'm going to start off with talking about my journey um, in production. So I got started around the age of 19, um, and I was in college, and I just got really inspired by, uh, as you all will probably hear me on every single podcast, talk about the legend himself, Katrinata. Um, and I also got inspired by Kill Paris um, and several others uh, when it came to like genre blending. And I found out they used um, FL and Ableton and specifically Katra used FL10. And so like, I was so inspired <laughs> by his stuff. I was just like, whatever Katra uses, I'm gonna use it too. Like, I don't care what he uses. And cause I wanted to just make the same thing that he did. Um, so uh, I guess this is public. So I'll be, you know, I, I also, uh, uh, will admit that I pirated a version of FL10 <laughs> who hasn't at that age. Uh, it's very common. Um, and so uh, not knowing much about why I should have a doll, I just did it because someone else used it, which is lesson number one. You probably shouldn't just hop up on something just because someone else uses it. But um, it panned out pretty well for me. I, I stuck with that thing for five years. Um, and the reason why is because uh, uh, after listening to a lot of m- my favorite artists and producers talk about how they make their music, they're very much minimalist. They don't have a lot of gear. There's not a lot of uh, software or plugins. They got really, really well acquainted with the software and the tools they had around them because when they all started, they were pretty much kids. They were... 12, 13, they couldn't afford anything, and I'm sure their parents couldn't either. So where there is limitation, that is where creativity exists. And so I think FL really taught me about that itself. Like where I'm limited, that's where I can really figure out how to be creative. Um, It is where I first uh, discovered about MIDI and um, plugins, the whole nine yard. Uh, I think it's best it's best for most people use it for uh, patterns and loops, which is why a lot of hip hop producers uses it. But I was go- going into it with a more uh, electronic music mindset. And so um, if you don't know this, a lot of electronic music uses tons of automations, like tons and tons yeah. of automations across the arrangement uh, uh, scene. And and go ahead and explain what automation is, because there's probably auto- some new people. Oh, listening. yeah, definitely. So um Automation uh, is the, I guess is how how maybe how would you put? It? I, I would say is the the okay. uh, manipulation of certain parameters. Uh, yeah, within um, within the DAW. 
so basically automation is um I use it in the sense of like as a guitar player because I think most people are familiar with guitar players and and how they play. So like you have an electric guitar player, and they have the um, different pedals they use, right? They have like maybe an echo mm-hmm. pedal or a distortion, you know, to sound like Eddie Van Halen. And automation is when you go and go on one of those pedals and you turn a knob on the pedal while you're playing basically mm-hmm. um so in software you have an instrument track and let's say you want to um you know change the volume of something or maybe you want to change what ear a part is playing on you can automate that and set it so that in certain parts of the song that parameter is at a different point um so mm-hmm. it's used a lot and a lot of times to to kind of give it tracks more of like a, a fluid um, sound. Um, it kind of makes things more cohesive in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can also go crazy with it. Uh, you have whole genres built off of automation, um, like like Bro Step. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> well, I haven't heard that all. in years. <laughs> it's like, um, it's, that's, there's nothing but automation. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I used... FL for for pretty much that that was my learning curve. Um, it was very very limited compared to Ableton, um, for what I found out. So in FL, you need a different track. Oh, at, at least in FL10, I don't know if they they've updated at this point, but in, in, in FL10, you need a different track for each automation, which is insane. So for electronic music mm-hmm. production, usually you're automating like. 20 to maybe 40 different things at times of certain parts of the song and to do that for each different track you know and keep up with which uh instrument is being used and which parameters being manipulated it was a lot um uh and i dealt with that with creating my songs uh pretend where are you and galaxy i think galaxy was the biggest one because like i think i filled up all no no it's where are you i I think I filled up all all the tracks on FL. So it comes with like 99 tracks. And I think I filled up all of it just because of just the automation in my songs, <laughs> just to make sure certain parameters are correct. So like, it was very tedious nonetheless. And um, I also figured that if I kept using FL, I was gonna rely too much on sampling. Um, because a lot of sample-based producers uh, and electronic people use FL. There's not too many people, from what I know of, that play in. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe like um, Romderful, uh, he he plays in FL, but I think he switched to Ableton too now. From a lot what of I people saw. use a lot of people use um, FL for the piano roll. Yeah, a lot of people like the piano roll in FL. Like oh yeah, their dude! I actually miss arpeggios it. and stuff. Yeah, um, I definitely, I definitely, I I will say I I do miss the piano roll. I do miss um, the nostalgic look of FL10, like how you have the okay. mixer board and it looks just like yeah. you know, like that. That was the main reason why I got into FL outside of just because Katri used it. Was like, oh, it looks like I'm part of a real like mixing board and I'm behind the yeah. you know the thing or whatever. Um, so I think it was last year I officially switched after I released my project 
after five years, I officially switched to Ableton and uh, I'm still learning and getting adjusted to it and stuff. Um, yeah. But it was much better for my workflow when it comes to uh, grouping things because I like to do a lot of layers and I like to give the same effects to, you know, to each each layer. So if you're unfamiliar with what I mean by a layer, I'm, I'm talking about, say, if I have a guitar track and I want to add another guitar track uh, underneath it and pitch it up and add another one underneath that and pitch it lower to give mm-hmm. maybe a different uh, chord to create maybe a chord out of it or just a more full guitar. Um, so in FL10, that was really tough for me to do. It got kind of like messy, but the way you can group things in Ableton and then also um, I didn't understand side chaining as much in um, FL because the the stock compressor in there is, I don't understand people, like the big guys, I don't know how they side chain in there. Um, but in Ableton, the side chaining capabilities are so easy. You just slap a compressor on whatever track you're on uh, and route it to y- your kick or snare, then duck it, and then you're done. Like, it's so, yeah. so much easier. Um, I, and actually, uh, for my, my EP last year, I didn't side chain NFL at all, and I did the most, like, ratchet thing. I actually took the stems of each track and then I put it all in Ableton, and then I sidechained in Ableton using just the audio tracks. <laughs> so, so I that mean, whatever be the works, final. like yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but it was so tedious. I was like, you know, I might as well just make the switch. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Now I've been Ableton for about a year, almost a year and a half, and I've I've really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if if I can say that my production has improved, but I know that like. I guess my workflow okay. has improved. If if you want to include that in the production, because like, like I, I believe that no matter what DAW you use, you can still compose. Like no matter what. Um, yeah. But but definitely, I will say you know um, some of the stock effects, some of the um, the way that it's organized and ordered definitely helps me out with. Um, like I said, side chaining faster automating faster and um uh grouping more organized and also um ableton's um recording capabilities are just like way better than fl 10 i'm and i'm gonna say specifically 10 because i Mm -hmm. that is the only version i use a lot of people you know they'll argue like well you can still record in fl you can i'm like okay but yeah FL10 was FL10 versus Ableton 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Ableton's like, get on my level. What? <laughs> so so yeah, that and yeah. that's that's pretty much my my journey um throughout uh, uh finding the right DAW for me. And I think Ableton's I'm I'm still I'm still letting it become home cuz some days I do miss just like how FL looks, you know. I I used it for 5 years for goodness sake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, my start was a little different. Um, and I actually kind of got me thinking, like, where exactly I started. Um, I guess the first time I made music on a computer, um, 
was either like I used to like mess around with like scoring software. There's like this free online one that I had. So it was like actually like writing notes on sheet like sheet music. Um yeah. and then I used Muse score. Um because I was an orchestra, so I was like writing <laughs> orchestral parts and stuff. And then um I also had Beaterator for PSP. I don't know if you're f- familiar with that. It's like Mm-mm. Timbaland's game. It's made by Rockstar though. So it's made by the people mm. who did GTA. Oh, um, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So that's, you know, middle school, I was messing with that. Um, made absolute trash in that. Um, made way better music with the scoring software than that. Um, and it's crazy because you can't even use that software and like claim your music on it. Like it explicitly says like anything you make on this is ours kind of thing. Even if it's completely like original or if you just use one shots and stuff like it's they they claim it. But um, mm. it was like a nice gateway into me realizing that I wanted to produce. Um, so what I ended up um, doing is one day like I went to Sam Ash and um, I guess I went there to ask questions about software. Um, and some guy randomly told me to get reason, right? He was mm-hmm. like, reason got everything you want in it. And he was like, you got, you know, he's like, I used to produce for, um, Fantasia. So I was like, Hey, you know, Fantasia being a Charlotte legend and everything. Like if it's, if he makes tracks that are good enough for Fantasia, like it's good enough for me. Right. Um, right. so I get, um, asked for a reason for Christmas and I got it um, for Christmas, surprisingly. Um, and I actually wasn't able to use it for about a year until I was able to buy my first laptop. Um, I wasn't able to use like the full blown software. So I had it on the computer I had, but it was the computer I had was like a complete toaster. Like it was, it was trash. It, I couldn't actually make, I could do sound design. And that's kind of why I have like this kind of a solid foundation in sound design because there is a point where I actually couldn't make music. I could just um, design synth patches and um, and reason. And then I didn't even have an audio interface at that point either. So I was just designing synth patches and using my um, computer keyboard uh, as like a, a, a regular MIDI keyboard. And I was just messing around with synth patches and stuff like that. Um, so then fast forward, like a year, I started using, um, reason, like I got a laptop, um, worked at Carowinds and got a laptop. And Mm. then I was, um, that's when I really, really started producing. Um, and I really like reason. I still like reason. Um, and whenever like somebody tells me to like, Ask, whenever someone asks me like what they would like to start in, depending on what their budget is, I'll tell them reason because, because like the guy said in Sam Ash, like he said, has everything you need in it. And I'd say even more so now because now you have VST support. Back then there's no VST support. So now you can even get free VSTs and stuff and you really can have some nice professional results in it. Um and, but I will say reason and and what I like about it is being a musician, 
I'm used to plugging stuff in, plugging cables in and, and, and all this stuff. And reason is a, d- a direct translation of that. It's like mm-hmm. in the software, it's designed a little like a hardware rack. So by using reason, you actually train yourself to get familiar with inputs and outputs on hardware gear and you move the cables and the cables kind of move and, and um, you can make all kinds of custom instruments and reason. Like you can get pretty in-depth de- in with it. Most people don't get that in-depth with reason. Um, but when you don't have money for VSTs and you're trying to figure out um, how to make the best with what you have, like that, that was... Um, what you had to do and that's what I was able to do. And I really enjoyed doing that. Um, and I, so I do tell people like to try reason out a lot of times, it, but it, you know, like we're going to get into later, it does depend on your goals. Um, so then I decided to, I, I got a little frustrated with reason and my big thing was mixing is so i like i like how everything looks real in reason like it looks like a physical mm-hmm. studio i do like that but at the same time i think when it comes to mixing you may it the software may as well take advantage of the format that it's in which is digital so there's no reason for, for what no pun intended but there's no reason <laughs> um for the mixing side of the software to look like an SSL. Like I know people are like, oh, you need to learn how to, an SSL works. And I and I learned how those channel tri- strips work. But sometimes you want to do, you need to do some sharp EQing. Sometimes you need to do something that's kind of dis- destructive in a way. Um, and it didn't really allow for that to be something that is easy to do. Then also on top of that, when they did get VST support, um, it just didn't really like accept all the VSTs. It was still very limited. Um, and then the metering in it. So um, while it's great for someone that um, is a beginner and, and is good for sound design, like I still use it a lot for sound design. Um, but in terms of like taking a product from, from an idea and the concept to the finish line by mixing it, uh, in my opinion, it's not the best. However, there are some people that it works um, amazingly well for. Like, um, I have a friend that goes by Moonside Sound, and he all he uses is Reason. And when I mean his mixes are amazing in Reason, like I'm like, how do you get your drums to slap like that? <laughs> I hit him up, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, how do you get your drums to slap like that? And he just uses like the limiters and stuff in Reason and and like gets really great um results like so i think it varies on 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 the user really like it it really does depend on because some people are going to achieve amazing results like he does and then you know like with me like i i had to export my stuff to studio one and i'll admit at the time i had a pirated studio, <laughs> studio one um, I'll be straight up tr- um, transparent with that. Like, um, and that's what I, I was mixing in. I didn't have the money at the time to like, to, to get it. And, you know, granted, I don't advocate it, but I did, um, I did eventually get, um, the regular full blown studio one. Cause I 
have to, um, you know, be legit if I'm trying to have a business with this. Like I, I'm firmly a believer of going legit if you're trying to have a business with something. But um, so now I'm in Studio One and it's a super clean doll for me. Like everything is mm-hmm. uh, flat, transparent. I know when I'm putting an effect on an insert. I know what I'm doing. Um, it just shows you exactly exactly what you're doing, and it doesn't really interrupt your creative process, which I really enjoy. That. Um, so yeah, that's that's my journey. Um, oh, I didn't. I just skipped over a whole era. <laughs> I just realized. Oh, so I got Machine also. So before oh, I got yeah, Studio yeah. One, I had Machine. And um, really liked it, but I got to a point that once I switched to Studio One, I was only using Machine to make do to do my drums. Uh, I didn't really, I don't like the piano roll in Machine. Um, there's no note preview on the piano roll in Machine. I didn't like. There's a lot of things I didn't like about it. I did like the sequencing. And I did like the the whole hardware software interaction with with machine, um, but I think we're about to go into a little bit more detail, like I guess kind of reviewing all of these different dolls. So we said that um, I let you talk a little bit more about uh, FL and how it pertains to hip hop and sampling. Um, yeah, and- definitely. Yeah, we'll keep going on. Yeah. Um, so with, with FL, for sure, I'm um, at the time, Fruity Loops, uh, well, what's the year, 2006, 2007? You know, Soulja Boy up in there. Oh, I think Craig can watch me roll. Like, like Fruity, Loops, Fruity Loops would not be where it is. FL would not be where it is without Soulja Boy. That's number one. True. He used all stock everything. And... Everybody's like, how you make this crazy beat, bro? And all the beats, all the crank that's like, we're all probably made of FL. Um, oh, even yeah, the jerk for move, sure. Even, even the jerk movement. Um, and I can get into dance culture as a, as a sub thing, but a lot of dance culture was influenced by the, the beats that were made in FL because yeah. it was accessible. You can find stock sounds, stock, um, you stock everything. I have a hot um, take. And make fire stuff. Yeah. I have a hot take. Personally. Oh, Personally, I think the reason why FL is as big, got as big as it was or as it is, is because it's the easiest doll to pirate. That too. I mean, that's that's a part of it. You know, it it has a sound. It sound did shape the culture. But I think it was the easiest doll for people to get their hands on. So naturally, they're like, yeah, I'm going to get FL. You know, their friend told them where to get it for for free. It's just like it kind of kind of happened yeah. and then a year later um a, a few years later like now image line is like cracking down on people <laughs> Man, yeah they really been cracking down but yeah it, i think it, i mean a lot of modern hip-hop though um yeah. is just fl um but i will say it's it, it the idea is made in fl the the main beat is made in fl and on the indie level, yes, it ends in FL. They 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 end it there. But when it gets into uh, when you're talking about a lot of like studio um, artists or artists that are on major major labels, yeah, yeah, major all stuff, that, yeah, all that stuff is in. That's all random Pro, Pro Tools. Tools. 
Yeah. 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 Oh, definitely. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even argue against that. Actually, like like I said, if I don't hire you for my next project, my my next thing's gonna be uh, probably gonna hire my friend to run my stuff through, yeah. through Pro Tools or something, man. Yeah. Um. But 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 so so I will say yes. It has been the most accessible to pirate, but you have to think about why it was. And it was also because Soldier Boy, Kanye West used FL. Uh, you got Zed. You got Porter Robinson. Yeah. Um, uh, Avicii. Avicii used FL too. Oh yeah, he did use um, FL. Yeah, exactly. I think I, he, like he had that video, right? It was a video. Yes, the video. Yes, oh, man, of him producing that. FL. Yes. Yeah. So that's, um, there's a few other people I'm forgetting right now, but um, I should have pulled up the uh, the 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 uh, the, the site before I got on here. But yeah, there's a ton of names underneath FL that gave its uh, crown. <laughs> Um, that I will say that's the first part, but then like like you said, the next part is it was it was accessible to um to pirate. Um, but anywho, just so if you're looking for if you're if you're a hip hop guy or a girl and you're looking to make hip hop sample based music, FL is your go to. You're gonna find kind not of. only just you're, you're you're well. The thing is, you're not only gonna find um. Not not only what you need in there, but also the community to support it. Because I remember okay. when I first started out, the tutorials by BusyWorks Beats, they helped me tremendously oh, because yeah. he was using FL. So literally everything he did, I would just do this is this is weeks I did this one summer. All I did with every like not every tutorial, but all the ones that were specific to my genre spaces, like the selection sound, flying lotus. I would literally pause the video and just change the parameter of whatever stock plugin he was using or a similar plugin that was very close to what he was using just yeah. to to uh imitate the sound. And um so I will say with with FL Studio for sure has one of the biggest tutorial communities out there like over the past That's 10 true. years or so. Like so if you if you really are are a beginner and you're really trying to get into like hip hop, trap, sample based stuff. I definitely say FL for sure. Um, and then also with electronic music, if you're uh, into that as well, um, Closey. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. She yeah. she's been a staple producer as of late. Um, she she does like down tempo glitch hop kind of stuff. But she um, uses FL, and she says she started out with with fl and has never turned back away from it because she re records in it um yeah. and then the one of the biggest people porter robinson who we were talking about last night he uses fl in, in his song sad machine uh that's all that's all stock stuff you're hearing like everything um and i looked at the credits as well i couldn't find anything on anyone else that mastered it either Okay. <laughs> I couldn't find any. I wow. couldn't find it, dude. I looked on Wikipedia for Sad Machine. It's all Porter Robinson. Okay. And most wow. most of his songs, most of his songs are like that though. Like most of yeah. it is just Porter on it. Like him singing, the composition, the mixing, and the mastering, bro. And wow. he uses FL. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it just goes to show. Um, my my biggest philosophy is. It all it's all about your goals uh when it comes to the right DAW for you um that'll help you to get the right results. So um 
I definitely started on FL just to imitate the people that I looked up to. Um, but I moved to Ableton because this is my next part. My goal uh, that I wanted to get into was like recording, performance, and looping and things of that nature. And that's mostly what you're going to find a lot of Ableton users. They come from a more musician background. Um, they definitely uh, emphasize, especially with the... Um, the uh, session view um, where you can like play certain clips and uh, record over certain things you've already played into and just put that on loop for like a, a DJ show or um, a band too. Um, my, my, I got a friend of mine. Uh, he is the lead singer for uh, this band called Future Generations up in New York. Shout out to them. But um, he told me they use Ableton to do side chaining and um, they also use it for their, no, no, I'm sorry, not not their production. They use it for the live performance. So they'll, um, they'll have their whole song and like from the intro to the outro, all of them are separate clips, eight bars a piece or how, how many bars, you know? So he told me like, if something happens and we mess up, we'll make sure our guy in the back doing the MIDI drums or the MIDI uh, instruments that he can like click that part of the song so they can oh, wow. repeat it and fix it up. Yeah, live. Like, wow, so it's crazy. really cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also Disclosure is really big um, on Ableton use um, when it comes to live performance as well. Yeah. Um, they, I, I don't know if you saw uh, from back in the day when they were on their uh, Caracal tour, but they showed you the whole setup and they were like, yes, we run every single piece of equipment into Ableton, like wow. three or four instances of Ableton, yeah. and including the lights. So if you're if you're really into like one day, I want to run my own live show with lights and everything, Ableton can trigger yeah. that through uh, their- um, It's what called DMX lighting or something. Yeah, like, DMX lighting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. And you can trigger it through Max for Live and program it inside of Ableton with your songs, too. And that is it's, wild it's, about Ableton. It's tedious, but it's, it's 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 very tedious. I haven't done it yet, but, like, I definitely would love to go to a workshop um, uh, and, like, work with someone on, like, how that, that even can work. <laughs> like, yeah. That sounds, that sounds insane. Um, but but definitely with, with Ableton, if you're really, like, if you want to compose and get into live performance and take your violin on the road with you and do some crazy stuff for your guitar, definitely Ableton is your, your way I to go. I think Ableton though, um, because I was looking into eventually maybe switching to it. Um, mm -hmm. even though studio one has made me like kind of think other, otherwise, um, Ableton has a lot of, amazing sound design capabilities too i think that's important um to take note of is it while it strong suit is um the live performance it's real in my opinion it's real strong suit is all the sample manipulation tools the stock effects like, oh yeah like, I, I, um, I forgot about yeah the, the, the sample two, manipulation yeah between yeah. the two dolls that we're going to talk about today the ones that have the best stock effects and and everything, uh, Ableton and Reason have is like mm -hmm. I mean, FL has nice stock stuff. There's a lot of people who use stock FL stuff, 
But Ableton and Reason, those two, those two are kind of kind of kill it with the with the stock stuff. Um, oh yeah, I can't I can't even argue against that. Um, I know um, uh, Odessa, um from what a yeah. buddy of mine w- would tell me. Um, they they resample everything. So we were talking about resampling last night or using the sampler in Ableton, yeah. and they 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 will take one shots and just manipulate them. Oh they yeah, might not do. They might not do much sound design on some of their songs. Literally, it's like they take the eight hundred eight and just manipulate it at the bottom. You know, wow. um, uh, uh, Miramasa. I always talk about him um, and his his uh, mindset on minimalism. He literally he has really really big hits. Um, he'll he'll only use a profit uh, synthesizer um, along with whatever stock plugins are in Ableton and like you know manipulating samples. Um, same with I believe same with Flume. He he'll take a one shot and just play the arpeggiator in Ableton, and he'll just like let the thing just move at random till he finds a maybe something that might spark a chord progression or a certain part of a song, you know? Um, so that's what Flume will do inside of Ableton as well, bro. Like it's, okay. it's some crazy yeah. stuff you can do in Ableton. And then on the hip hop side, I believe uh, Knowledge uses Ableton and routes that with what we talked about, I think it was last week, uh, about um, him running that through tape. Oh, t- two weeks ago, running that through a tape machine with his drums and stuff too. Yeah. So even if you're a hip hop producer, like Ableton's still the way, because I, I actually found out a lot of people that are on it, FL are actually transferring over. Yeah, a lot to of Ableton people are transferring over because to Ableton. Of, oh, oh yeah. And and the MIDI capabilities too. Um just like way better. Um uh, when you put yeah, way like way better because it doesn't um, even compare. Uh with the drum machine. Like you literally like loading up a, a not drum machine, the drum rack in Ableton is sick. Like in uh, yeah. the, the drum machine in FL, you have to do all this other crazy stuff. Like, no, literally you just drag and drop and you're ready to go, especially if uh, Ableton Push, which is a external device that works seamlessly and it was made for the Ableton software. So that's what I have as well. Yeah. Um. So that's that's been a great tool for me too. Um. But, but definitely, yeah. Like, do you have like, the sweet the edition? Sampling. Uh yeah, I have sweet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that I have that's sweet. the big dog version. So I so I also have yeah, I also have Max for Live. I haven't even touched I haven't touched the surface of Ableton. That's why I like I can't yeah. say it's home yet because like and I don't want to switch just because I, I don't feel like it's home yet because yeah. I use FL for five years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like like uh with with Ableton um <laughs> I haven't scratched the surface because like I said with Max for Live I haven't even tried you know syncing up my songs to lights or something. Or uh, they have um, where you can route your external hardware using Max for Live and control it in there too. It's some crazy stuff you can do, man. It's a yeah, so crazy stuff in Ableton. But um, yeah, definitely with sampling uh, and or or the sampler manipulating one shots or um, and and the uh, stock plugins um, operator, for instance. Um, Miramasa, he uses operator for his sub bass and uh, his, some of his main synths and um, um, some of his main hits from a couple of years ago. Uh, uh, and I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't. Dude, it was literally like a basic 
saw he is like a basic saw wave and like yeah. layer it with some stock plugins and then like he took a basic sub from operator and literally put some camel crusher on it and like that's how his yeah. his quote unquote 808 is so fat yeah. or his sub is so fat like that and that's it there was nothing more and yeah you know like i i looked up to that kind of thing man and so um i'm i'm gonna get off of the uh ableton j- jock ride for a second <laughs> but uh so i think yeah, guys um yeah <laughs> you know after talking about kind of your philosophy in terms of like the more minimalistic side of things um where you do mostly everything in the box uh I guess a nice kind of segue would be for me to kind of go back and talk about reason and how mm-hmm. reason I feel is a gateway drug to to hardware. And yeah. the reason why the re- I keep on making reason puns, like <laughs> I need to chill. But um, the reason why like I say that is because with my journey, and I think it, a lot of it has to do with me also being a musician but with my journey i have acquired some hardware and i'm not sure if like if i started on ableton where i would be on i probably would have something i I would probably have an outboard synth um but reason like there's that uh i forgot what that effects unit is called but it does like vinyl sim it does all like tape sim and and all these different kinds of saturation and that that's what kind of gave me my introduction to saturation and and then like once you go down that rabbit hole you start getting a whole bunch of plugins and they try to chase after uh saturation and then eventually you'll end up with a tape machine (laughs) or sp404 or something you know those that's what i have right now um and I think like a lot of Reason users, if they switch out of Reason, they eventually end up at a point where they're doing a decent amount of stuff outside, um, out mm-hmm. of the box. Um, and I think that's that's kind of the interesting thing with Reason. So like if you're someone that's thinking about expanding later on or you want to get familiar with how hardware kind of works and how routing and control voltages work reason is something that's for you um and now another reason why i switched to studio one is because of the support for the hardware so while reason simulates it and gets you started and with that workflow studio one has that support for hardware and i'll kind of give an example where you can have like your SP404 or there's people out there that use guitar pedals on synths, in the box synths and everything. Um, But in my case, I use my SP404 and I have it routed so that I can drag and drop it onto an instrument channel just like it's it's a VST, like a VST effect and it's hardware. I'm not sure if any other software makes it that easy than Studio One. I think Studio One kind of, kind of kills it with that with using Pipeline, um, 
And it allows for a lot of other creative things too, where you can route stuff outside and bring it back in. And the the MIDI routing in Studio One is also pretty good. Having my synth hooked up to the to Studio One that works really well. It's just everything is pretty seamless. And I'm still like figuring out how to get everything kind of kind of really going but so far it's pretty it's pretty seamless with with it communicating with everything and and studio one's on the come up like they just released their version five and that actually allows for live performance it has a clip launch section how good is it i'm sure it doesn't even compare to ableton but they're they're at least thinking about (laughs) that right at least they're at least heading in that direction to where there's live performance and that those features are available for people who want to use them um and i think that that's kind of something that that's really interesting like now oh another uh, another thing i was going to say before you move on um with reason uh my introduction to that was with um this guy named um electric mantis you ever heard of him Uh, um his music is amazing dude but I saw his projects and I was just blown away by Electric Mantis projects, dude. Like uh some some other producers couldn't even believe what he was doing. Like the Ableton yeah. users, they're like, nah, dude, like that's that's too much, bro. <laughs> that's yeah. just it's it's you gotta listen to his music, dude. Just check out Yeah, I'm gonna check him out. Electric Mantis, bro. Like he he used reason for I think pretty much all his his stuff prior to maybe 2018 i don't know if he's moved over to something else yeah. yet but but man like and usually for my electronic usually fits, you'll know usually a lot of people do end up moving over um from reason that's what i'm found but at the same time there's people switching over too like i'm not going to say people are moving over because it's not a good software like by any means like ill mind started using reason and he's been cooking up a lot of fire and reason like his people switching over to reason i'm probably gonna update my reason and and get Mm -hmm. back into using it because it's it's really just a fun and great sounding software to use um i think kramanichi uses reason okay if i'm correct i think i don't know if you ever heard of his music too i think he uses it because it looks something very similar um and also we can kind of talk about comparisons like with because i think a lot of people who have apple computers they have garage band or if they have an iphone they have garage band and they everybody kind of messes with garage van the little auto strum feature on the guitar uh everybody messes with that but i think that the interesting thing with garage band is is that also a kind of a gateway for people to to get into music production and a lot of people who have GarageBand they end up using Logic Pro like cuz they're comfortable with GarageBand and then they switch over to to Logic and they use that and what's really interesting there is is kind of country differences between DAW, DAW usage and what I, I mean specifically is like here in the U.S., everything ends up in Pro Tools. 
But I noticed like over in Europe, you see a lot of those guys, they're using logic. A lot of them are using logic uh, to track their sessions out, to mix down in. Mm-hmm. Um, they're using it the same way Pro Tools is used here. And I always thought that was kind of an interesting thing um, with logic is like, while people use it for production, I've seen a lot of people overseas using it for for mixing and tracking stuff out live in live bands and um, not really too versed in logic. I don't really know. I just know that I don't like garage band, um, but yeah, not really too versed in, in how logic works, but it's mm-hmm. definitely something if you're comfortable already with garage band and you don't know if you really want to switch to FL studio, you might want to try something out that, that's similar logic pros than the next step up i think definitely 100 percent. and i kind of also want it because i know you said like for hip-hop and sampling fl studio um because i since we're talking about the free side of the software is right um garage band mpc beats just came out which is really interesting it's a free Mm -hmm. way for people to get their feet wet with music production like they can make beats in it and it's the npc workflow there's some limitations with it um but it's that workflow in a free software and people have been using it in and granted i use it you know npc for um making beats on the go and making beats um in my bed <laughs> if i just feeling lazy um but MPC is a classic, man. I gotta say, MPC yeah. is the the mecca of hip hop classics. Like you, hip hop would not exist without the MPC, hands down. It just oh wouldn't. definitely. Um, yeah. So while like early two thousands, you know two thousand, and then also like two thousand eight ish, that is FL Studio. Um, before that, that's MPC, and even some within that, that's MPC. Uh, that workflow, that sound, that crunch, the way the drum, your drums knock an MPC, like, like your drums come out like really hitting hard, <laughs> like out of MPC without even trying. Um, because there's like a natural limiter on the output. Like they somehow they have a limiter on the output so you can like clip, clip your drums and nothing happens. Like it won't sound bad, um, which is really, a really nice feature with MPC. It's also nice having a device that you that you can only make music on, right? Mm-hmm. So you sit down with the MPC and there's no tabbing out to check YouTube. There's no tabbing out to cuz I know that's something that I, I mean like I I get distracted sometimes I'll tab out um and I'll check discord servers or a tag tab out and i'll look up some random software on youtube or uh, do just something random sometimes and with mpc there's no doing that because it's just you're sitting down and you're gonna make music and the workflow is really fun on the mpc where you get to really struggle i'm gonna be straight up you get to struggle but it's a fun struggle uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different l- interesting limitations on the MPC, 
Um, but the sample chopping and how you chop samples and my workflow with my NPCs, I usually will, I'll usually produce a sample on my computer in Studio One and then I'll export it and I'll run it and sample on my NPC and then I'll make a track like that. That's what I've been doing, um, especially mm. as a sound designer. That's kind of my way of testing my samples out is I'll put them on my NPC sit down and make a track with it on the NPC. And that's really fun. It's challenging, but it's a, it's a fun and rewarding challenge. It's not as like super intuitive, like it's intuitive, but there's certain right. things like coming from like studio one and, and other like traditional dolls, there's certain things. Cause you can't just like, while it's touchscreen, there's not really a drag and drop kind of workflow. Um, like, so you can't just drag a, you can't just drag a, um, VST effect onto something or drag an instrument. You have to set out and really kind of know what you're doing. You can only use, there's two software instruments. Granted, here's something for anybody who's thinking about getting an NPC, like don't use the software instruments on NPC. <laughs> like just, I mean, you can try them like. Like, but that's kind of like, it might work for you, right? It might work for you, but mm -hmm. generally like, in my personal opinion, you're better off using an NPC for what it's known for. And that's chopping up a sample, using one shots on there. Um, that's, that's really where it's beneficial. Now you might like to use the tube synth and I think they have like a Rhodes piano. I think where that gets really interesting though, is if you, if you, resample within the npc and then you're using it but not just running like midi out to it because that's kind of um but who knows people find interesting uses i could in a, a month later i could say oh i like using tube synth but <laughs> yeah. I, I i doubt it um and then the interesting hybrid for people who who might want a little bit more of an intuitive software hardware like kind of relationship going on is machine so machine is obviously based off of npcs like that's where they got the idea from but it's completely software based with a hardware controller um i liked my machine when i had it and there's just certain things that didn't work for me and that and i'm cool with that there's like a lot of people like i think you mentioned katranata that used machine and mm -hmm. there's other people, plenty of other people that love to use machine. It's a good, it's a very, very nice workflow. You can do everything from the controller. Like there's times where I was, I got to a point where when I was using it, my computer always stayed asleep because you can literally just use the machine while your computer is plugged in, while it's plugged into mm -hmm. your computer and your computer will go to sleep because your, your whole workflow is is on the machine that's that's pretty nice um yeah so like while it has to be connected can you run can you run vsts and stuff oh yeah you can like, run VSTs. Like massive yeah you can run vsts uh, uh, in yeah. machine and you can also okay. run vsts in mpc beats which is the free mpc software and you can also right, run right. um vsts in the full-blown mpc software now you can't run vsts on the um mpc itself but there's like, I don't even know how many effects are in it. There's so many effects on the thing. And, and the <laughs> way it works is like, 
each effect is like one weird thing, like, or something, one thing, and you chain them together. So that's what you do. You will chain them together. And then you can also like export that affected part if you wanted to apply, apply more effects to it. Usually yeah. four effects have been good enough for me on a part. So I haven't had the need to resample, but you have that option. And, and that limitation really does breed creativity. Like, like um, mm-hmm. and I'll say out of all these softwares, like the two that, that are going to have your drums knocking is Ableton and NPC. Those are the those are the two right there that are going to have your drums like really Why is really that? hitting. Um I think it it has a lot to do with when Ableton just the the workflow and the and cuz a lot of people drag their drums in like from as a WAV file and, and they'll just drag it on the timeline and and they'll throw whatever Ableton stock limiter there is on their kick and boom, it's done pretty much. Um, with mm-hmm. MPC, that limiter is on the output automatically and you can set it to vintage mode. So you can set, um, and I'm talking about the MPC live. So so you have all the all the whole MPC line. I'm mainly talking about the MPC live. Uh, so you can set it to vintage mode, which basically turns the output into like the MPC 3000 or the MPC 60. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. yeah, and yeah. you can have that nice vintage crunch in a modern machine. Now there's periods that'll say, oh, nah, it doesn't sound um, the same. And I'm sure there's a little bit of a difference, but but all that is really, really negligible. To me, I'd much rather have that, have the workflow of the newer mach- the newer NPCs and and then have that sound because it's all going to be affected later on whether you run it through your sp404 or or run it in some limiter in the software it's all going to be affected later on so i'm not really worried about if something's a one-to-one to to its like ancient predecessor um i know there's a lot of mpc heads that will get on me for saying that because you had like jay dilla jay dilla used the 2000 xl um legend and he used the 2000 XL. Now, yeah. like, of course, like when I have money to blow, <laughs> like I might get a 2000 XL just to have that piece of history, right? Um, but right now, I think, and for anybody who's new, who might want something that they can physically touch, like a hardware device, like if you want something that's standalone, that can function on its own, then I will go with MPC because you don't need a computer for that to function. Granted, the mm. the the workflow isn't quite as fluid as machine, but the workflow flow is more rewarding than machine. Like you'll get better results. Um, and and really, to get the cheapest MPC, which is still full featured, it costs less than getting. Ableton Live Suite. So it's like $700, I think. Mm. So if you if you really want something that you can take with you wherever, then you can go ahead and get you the MPC-1. And that's a great hardware start. And then what you can do is like, if once you start running stuff into software, you can now use that also kind of as an effect. 
and there's like some live performance things with it um right as well like so there's really a lot of a lot of different options that you have like with trying to choose a workflow one thing i'll warn people though um because i know i definitely probably come off as a um as like a snob for <laughs> for dolls like but don't let people like always do your own research i think it kind of kind of comes down to it like there's certain things i don't like about some of these dolls but it's important to do your own to do your own research and to know what you would like even if you're brand new to it like know what you would like to start off in and let's say you don't like it initially okay that's cool like you can learn learn the struggle learn and completely learn learn it and then once you get a chance upgrade or update and then what you'll find out is probably what you started off in you're still gonna really like it and you're gonna find a way to kind of blend the two but i think it's really important to um to do that to like to just make sure you do your research because there's a lot of options out there um i know people hit me up and I always tell them what I always tell them my opinion, but at the same time, I let them know that they need to do their own research because at the because like that's your five hundred dollars, six hundred, seven hundred, a thousand dollars that you're gonna spend, and I shouldn't tell you where to spend that money. Like I can give you my recommendation, I can tell you what I like and what I don't like, but at the end of the day, it comes down to you and and in your goals. Mm. Yep. 100% agree. Um, that's why, you know, we have, you know, such different philosophies as to where we've ended up. Um, my, my ultimate goal is always to tell a story through my music. And uh, I always want to continue to learn, like, how can someone with such little equipment, make these great songs yeah. that get millions of play like i was just oh i was overwhelmed and fascinated with that bro i was just like dude this this man cater literally uses you know like a turntable he uses tractor effects as his outboard gear like <laughs> like wow. so he'll go into tractor get his turntable that's how he does yeah. the sample chops and he'll do he'll run the effects out of tractor onto you know the samples and stuff like yeah. that is his sp404 and I, I truly believe it, it is about your your goals that truly determines like what is best for you. Like there is no best doll. Exactly. Uh, sorry to bust your bubble yeah. if you think there is <laughs> yeah. one. And for my people that are like, no, FL gang all day, cuz what yeah. up, bro? Like, uh, <laughs> like, because I have my discrepancies with FL because I felt like it limited my music theory yeah. capabilities. I felt like I was I needed. I it felt like I needed to to use the 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 MIDI uh map a lot I mean not map the, the piano uh, roll the piano roll a lot like I just needed it yeah but when I went to, to Ableton because it doesn't start you off with the drum rack which is where you you know uh, most people start off with with the the drums NFL to go yeah. with the sample and stuff to create a, to to create a pattern or a loop but Ableton has always been about composition. So I don't really use the session view that much because I don't really tr trigger anything at, at this moment. But um, definitely for arrangement view, 
it's like literally it's like it's like a blank canvas and so like i have to it, it kind of forced me to learn how to start a track on my own yeah mind you i did do a lo-fi uh project so i did start off with samples but in order to make the sample my own definitely had to figure out well how can i compose this better and yeah exactly how can i manipulate it you know all those things but i feel like a lot of fl producers don't do that because they come from a very you know hip-hop oriented background um but i will say though i believe oh yeah yeah i will say like because i had a friend who who killed it in fl like he's the reason why i actually got into um sampling because at first like i guess it was an ego thing and i was like i'm Mm -hmm. a musician i'm like why would i sample somebody else's music um but he was a musician too um and oh he is a musician and so like the thing is is like he showed me how the samples work in fl and like his flips of samples like he did some like gospel flips of (laughs) of samples and stuff Mm -hmm. like and I'm like, wow, like the, the FL flips I heard um, him do like, or like were dope. Like, so like, I think you can do, you can do a lot of sample manipulation in FL. I think it's Edison that they use. But, yeah, it's, but it's I will Edison. say, yeah. but I will say there's, there's kind of this uh, resurgence now though, of people who don't really flip samples. Um, they just kind of, like mm-hmm. you said, they just kind of drag and drop it in there, <laughs> drag and drop the the sample loop. Yeah, I think they that was my biggest. Th- yeah, 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 yeah. I'll agree. So with I that. definitely, yeah, yeah. And so, so that's why Ableton was such a big thing for me because, like I said earlier, resampling. Um, and I like, like I never thought of it in maybe in the beginning, but I have this one track; it's unreleased. But I, it was more so for practice. So what I did one morning, I woke up like 5 a.m. and my door was squeaking really hard while I was trying to produce before work. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sample that for this track. And so I sampled yeah. it from my phone, right? Yeah. This is an FL10. So I sampled it from my phone, loaded it into FL and like started manipulating it. Uh, um, FL kind of has its own version of sampler, if you will. Like yeah. you. you you can manipulate the sample like as a one shot uh, without using Edison. Okay. Um, yeah, it it kind of has its own built in one hmm. um, for each one shot. Uh, but um, so I manip- manipulated it a lot, and then I started adding like reverb and delay over it, and I started making like this lush synth almost. Dude, it was really sick. Like then I put it like in the arpeggiator too. It was so beautiful, and like I got of a door squeak. <laughs> yeah. So like. You know, like, um, you never know where that inspiration is going to come from. And so, like, that's why it's best to continue to understand, like, what are your goals for exactly producing? And, like, like, you, like I know for Keys and Crates, they always talk about capturing creativity as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, and that's that's one big thing that Ableton does for me. Uh, okay. I swear we're not sponsored, guys. I just love Ableton <sighs> right now. Um, but, but Ableton helps you to capture... It just helps you to capture stuff so fast, dude. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. So I'll say um, along I'm, I'm with still, Ableton, I'm still kind of adjusting to it. <laughs> so, but what's allowing you? Because I think this is important to to kind of touch on. Because 
if someone's goals are capturing creativity as quickly as possible, what's allowing you to do that in Ableton is the fact that you have that push. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Par- so cause partially, I, yeah. Cause I know like in machine, like it's super easy to just boom, start a beating machine and make your patterns, do all that in machine. Same thing with NPC. It's that, that pattern based um, workflow and that, that workflow that allows you to just use a piece of hardware. Um, and there's other, now I will say if you want kind of that workflow, but you don't have uh, $700 to $1,000 for Ableton to spend, I'd look into maybe getting Studio One actually, because they, they just came out with a a hardware controller. It's called the Atom SQ, I think. They have two of them. And there's they have these DAW controllers that are 250 bucks that you can use to control the software. I think some people who might be musicians that are getting into music production and they want something tactile like that, that's a good route to go is, is studio one with an Atom controller. Or if you're, if you're down to, to get a decent MIDI controller and do all the mapping, um, I'm kind of lazy to do that, to be honest. Um, so like, my keyboard, my MIDI keyboard is just a MIDI keyboard. Like it doesn't have any mapped buttons. Um, I'm trying to get good with key commands. And I think that's something that is important for whatever doll you use, especially if you don't have a physical hardware controller for it. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I don't have a, a physical controller for studio one um, is to learn those key commands. You learn those key commands. Like, Especially people, I don't know if you've seen people in sto- in Studio, not Studio One, but yeah, Studio One, but really Pro Tools. Like, and it sounds like they're typing an essay when they're editing audio. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they're just straight up, they're hitting the keyboard. And you're, I'm just like, wow. Like, but they know that, that doll front and back. And they know how to do all this different stuff front and back by just using um, key commands. Um and if you're a psychopath and you, you you can get redux and you can type your way and make music. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> like, no, that's that's fun though. The tracker. Have you ever used a tracker before? That's no, a random. That's the um, wild card of this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I have. What is it called? Um. So wait, you have Renoise. It's not. It's not the sequ- It's not. It's not. It's not a sequencer, right? Like an outboard sequencer. A tracker is it's vertical. Like that, right? A tracker is vertical, mm. and you put hexadecimals in to program music. Oh, that already. That already pisses me off. <laughs> that, that already. <laughs> yeah, that put, already sounds put, good. And Dude, then, I'm a computer science major, <laughs> yeah. and I I can't even compute that fast myself. Yeah. That <laughs> and then the effects make me mad. The effects are weird. It's like repeat this note just slightly kind of thing. Like that's what an effect in a tracker is. It's very like yeah. weird. Um, it's fun though. Like I have, I use occasionally for like percussion, I'll use Renoise Redux in um, Studio One. And that's like a VST version of a tracker. And, and, it, and it fosters different results. Like, you know, I, I joke about being a psychopath with that, but like, nah, I like, I wouldn't get it. I would not get that as your first doll, right? No, don't do that to yourself. But um, if you want to get like Redux to run in a doll and 
and do percussion and stuff with it like mm-hmm. that's pretty cool um it's just a, a different kind of workflow and then also if we're going to talk about the tracker software that i think it's uh what's that company's name um I forgot what their name was, but they made a tracker device and it's like a hardware tracker and it has like mechanical keys on it and it has like a also like a light grid, almost like a push. Um, and you can what the heck? It's like it's really cool. You can make all kinds of beats vertically in it and you can do it has a clip launch thing for performance. Um, and I've seen people make some really interesting like idm stuff in it i've seen people make hip-hop in it i didn't even think you could make hip-hop in it until i saw someone make hip-hop in in it like um it's really it's really um a cool thing though um but yeah i think we didn't cover cube base but i don't really know too much about cube base like that's um Uh, a lot of people use that for scoring like Junkie XL uses it for for scoring. I think Cubase is known mm-hmm. for their their MIDI capabilities. So like, if you have a studio with nothing but like hardware synthesizers and stuff, and and all you're doing is like running MIDI out from a master MIDI clock out to a whole studio full of hard hardware synthesizers, then Cubase mm-hmm. might be for you. But other than that, like, I don't know if it if it's really like something I would recommend to people starting off. Yeah. I just thought it was cool that like, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm more so into the artists that use it. Uh, yeah. Like, like I said, like the, the creativity behind it. So I, I thought it was pretty cool that Adventure Club, who was one of the biggest dubstep duos back in like 2012 to about 2014. Uh, they were huge back then. Yeah. Uh, but they use Cubase, and I, I thought I wanted to get into Cubase, and I was like, nah, nah, I'm just stick to FL. Yeah. Um, uh, and then like we thought about uh, Maxwell, um, MXXWLL. Um, I believe he still uses Cubase with a lot yeah. of outboard gear, but he uses a lot of outboard gear. But it's all like you know, uh, very West Coast, um, G funk, yeah. electronic funk oriented kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's. I think. I th- think we could wrap up. Actually, I think that's that's about everything, huh? Yeah, I think that's about it. This is gonna be a short one. Yeah, <laughs> it's about. We, you know, we don't want to like go too much into yeah. it or anything. Yeah, exactly. That's that's good. Um, well, uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Um, and if you have any questions about Dawes and what's best for you, uh, feel free to contact uh, me. At Satin Sage Music, that's on IG, TikTok, uh, Facebook, and the like. Um, and Ableton Gang all day. <laughs> all right. Um, if you want to contact me, feel free to DM me. Um, it's at JSTXYN. And I guess I don't really have a gang to rep. <laughs> I used to be Reason Gang, but like I, <laughs> it's like I'm a whole bunch of different gangs now. But yeah, (laughs) I hear that. All right, guys, take care. Be safe. Wash your hands. (laughs) All right. Peace. All right. Peace.